thanks for connecting with our online content at Holy Trinity Church in Richmond. We really hope that what we share with you will be a blessing and will help you to continue to grow in your knowledge and love of God. this morning to join us. Um, it's a joy to be here with you. My name is Bishop Steve Miner and I am grateful to be able to have the opportunity and the privilege of celebrating 150 years of God's faithfulness in this place. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for your word that has been proclaimed in this place for over 150 years. And we thank you for the lives transformed through the gospel in this place. May you open our hearts and minds to hear you speak again in this place this morning. Through Christ, the living word. Amen. So kids, if you would like to follow um, <laughs> Karen, if she or she will be able to... That's all right. I'm going to work my way around. Okay, that's great. Thanks, Karen. So today we are reflecting on the wonder of God's faithfulness. And it's so important, isn't it, every now and then to stop and take stock and reflect. To think about where we are, where we've come from, and where we're going. Well, today and I actually do that every year. We don't do that every 150 years because we haven't lived that long. But every year we actually go away somewhere for a couple of days to reflect on our lives. To look at what has gone well in the past year and what needs work. We look at our finances, how we use our money. We look at our marriage, how we are doing. We look at our lifestyle, whether we are living for self or whether we are committed and other commitments. We look at our parenting, things that we are praying for for our children. We look at our well-being, how are we doing physically and emotionally. Are we taking the Sabbath regularly and are we exercising? We look at ministry, where, where is God calling us to invest in in the coming year? Doing this is super helpful because it helps us not to drift. Because it's so easy to drift, isn't it? Without purpose, without intention, forgetting what really matters. When things are challenging, it can be very well overwhelming. And so taking time to look at how far we've gone or how far we've come really helps us. And that's exactly what you're doing this weekend, Auntie. You're looking back at 150 years of God's faithfulness. On my phone, I've got a running app. Some of you know that I like running. And um, sometimes I feel a bit weary and I don't feel like waking up and putting on my running shoes. But I, on this app, it keeps a record of how far I've gone. So every so often, it will tell me, well, you've done so many kilometers over the last few months. And it's just something there to, to remind me of the milestones I have been able to accomplish, the height I've climbed. You know, feels like, you know, after a month, I could have even climbed Everest, you know, because it sort of just builds up each, you know, each, each run, you know, I've climbed so many meters. And so you look back and you think, wow, 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 have I done that? Have I done all those Ks? Have I scaled all those heights? And so 150 years of God's faithfulness to you as a church, as a people of God in this place. I've got three thoughts to share with you about the wonder of God's faithfulness around the words that we heard from Karen Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus is the same yesterday, 
today and forever. God's faithfulness in the past, God's faithfulness in the present, and God's faithfulness in the future. And so the wonder of God's faithfulness in the past. So the thought is remembering God's faithfulness in the past fuels our gratitude. The practice of remembering reignites a heart of gratitude. The practice of remembering recenters our hearts in the story of God and what he has done. The idea, I like the idea of disciplining myself to remember because I, my memory is fading. You know, I, I don't remember names, I don't remember places. There's so many things I forget. And so it's important to be able to have a practice of remembering in order to cultivate a heart of gratitude. To look back and see how the Lord has directed the, every single step that I've taken, how he's ordained every one of my days according to his perfect will. You know, 38 years ago as a teenager, I made a decision to follow Jesus. Many of my friends gave me a week. They said, oh, you're not going to last more than a week, you know, because you're going to miss out on all the fun that we boys uh, uh, experience. The pressure to follow the world was real. There's been ups and downs in my journey of following Jesus, but God's faithfulness has been constant. I am here today as a testimony of God's sustaining grace. I know that his rescue of my life was real. Do you? See, in our context where new and flashy things and things that glitter is what the world looks for. We are in danger of not providing future generations with markers to help them see God's hand in our lives. I know that knowing the story that I'm a part of anchors my life. When I look back and see where I've come from and what God has done, that gives me roots. That becomes an anchor for my life. It's actually quite fascinating with um, young adults' children. Uh, they're not children anymore. They're young adults, young women. Um, they, they love to actually, when they come over to visit us in Nelson, they love to, for us to remove the old album and to see how there were kids growing up. They are now fascinated by the stories of their growing up years and what they were wearing and what was happening, and they want us to tell them the stories of the past. Isn't it amazing that the more modern we become, the more we actually desire something of the past to give us roots, to give us a sense of anchor. So today, you celebrate 150 years in this place. It is not just a story of a building, although that's important, and it's lovely and beautiful. It's a story of God's faithfulness in this place. It's a story of changed lives. It is a story of answered prayer. It is a story of God's grace, God's protection, God's provision, and God's presence in this place. The key here is about being intentional to give thanks. The gift of stopping and remembering is so important because we tend to forget a lot. So in our reading from Luke's Gospel this morning, we note how we are to remember the story of uh, these ten lepers, nine not returning to show uh, gratitude to Jesus for what he had done, for God's gracious gifts for them granted. When we look at our lives, what we have individually and corporately, and soothe, see them through the eyes and through the lens of God's grace, we are able to be grateful people rather than feeling a sense of entitlement. Do you see those nine lepers? There's a sense of entitlement. They were crying out to Jesus for help. They were healed. They didn't return. Only one returned. 
Perhaps the nine were Jews. We don't know. We're not told. But they don't stop to remember and return. Only the Samaritan, the outsider, returns to give thanks, who was captured by the wonder of God's compassion on him. Perhaps he understood what restoration meant for him. Perhaps he understood what God's grace in his life had meant. Perhaps he understood what it meant for Jesus to reach out as a Jewish man with compassion and a Samaritan and heal him. And it's sad that the nine didn't return. And in the Old Testament, God's people stopped to remember God's faithfulness. They built altars and held services to remember God's faithfulness. Once a year in the Old Testament, the most important event was the Passover. It was a time to look back and remember the incredible rescue of God that they had experienced, children of Israel. To remember how God was for them. To remind them of God's promises. God instituted those markers, those ceremonies, those events to help us remember. The Lord's Supper is, an, is a service of remembrance. We'll be sharing the Lord's Supper this morning. It's a practice that helps us to stop and remember the gift that Jesus has, has offered us. To remind us of the cost of our salvation. It gives us perspective in the now. The life and death of Jesus changes everything. And God has given us Jesus and one day he will bring us home to him eternally. We remember that every time we gather around the Lord's Supper. So God's faithfulness is about his character. It's about his commitment to us, his steadfast love for us. His commitment is based on the relationship that he has with us because of Jesus. That he will never abandon us. That he is for us. In Psalm 98 verse 3, we read, God remembering to keep his promises to be faithful to his people Israel. Even God remembers. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Even God remembers to be faithful to his promises. And so as you look back 150 years, what stands out for you as a wow? As you went through the exhibition, what did you, what struck you as wow? It might be relationships, it might be leaders that God has raised up in this place. You know, from this place, from this little place, people have come out of this who have gone overseas, who've made a difference around the world. Maybe it's a, a, a place that holds memory for you, significant moments in your life, like baptism or getting married or hearing God's call to follow him. Or, or maybe you sat in the service here and God spoke to you very clearly at a point in your life where you're going through challenging times. It's helpful to take a moment to stop and remember and say, wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. And so remembering God's faithfulness in the past fuels our gratitude. Secondly, re reflecting on God's faithfulness in the present fuels our fortitude. It gives us perspective. From our reading in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 1 to 6, we are reminded of how God looks at us. You know, when we look at ourselves, we think, oh, we're not doing okay. We're messed up. You know, there's so much going in our lives and we don't feel that we're good enough. You know, we live in a world where there's challenges so, in, in so many ways. We don't feel we measure up to God's standards. Now, the church in Corinth was the same. It was a pretty messed up church. It was a church that was drifting. It was encountering problems. They were in conflict. They were in disunity. They were in error. 
And Paul writes to remind them of who they are. Do you notice those opening beautiful words of the letter? He doesn't start off by talking about how messed up they are. It's going to come to that later. He starts by telling them who they are, that they are saints, the church, called, sanctified, owned by God. He calls them saints, God's faithful people. You see, 150 years is not about a building, it's about a people that God calls his own. This is a wonderful place because of, of, of the great God who's, who's made it possible. But it's a, a place, not just the, the building or the Fenwa, but it's the people. This church that stands on the hill reminds us of God's faithfulness to the people who have gathered in this place. God's church called out people, the saints of God, for 150 years. So they are saints. He calls them saints. Secondly, this church, these saints, these God's people called are connected historically and globally. There's a sense of breath, people, every of us, too together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Beautiful words that we, as we gather here for 150 years, we don't just celebrate the, our connection to one another. We celebrate the breadth of connections. Uh, people that came maybe from England to come to this place because they felt God calling them to come and serve in this place. People who came from North Ireland, vicars who serve from different places, people have been called from different parts of the world to be in this place. This place has been a place of gathering people from everywhere. And so we are a church that's connected. Does that give you a sense of wow? A church that's connected both globally but also historically to all of those who have been in this place, who've walked in our footsteps. So a church that's, that's called by God, a church that's connected, but also a church in verse 5 that's enriched by God. I love those beautiful words, that they lack nothing. They don't lack any spiritual gift that they need to live a full and faithful life. Do you feel like you lack? Do you feel that you don't have in mind to give? keep going? Do you feel that, you know, sometimes we look at our resources that we have, we look at the people we have, we look at our volunteers, we look at, you know, what we have right now, and we feel like we don't have enough. But God is saying through his word, we are enriched in every way. You, Richmond, Holy Trinity, you lack nothing. You have everything in Christ. And so remembering God's faithfulness in the present enables us to embrace his presence now and to notice what the Spirit is saying to the church. If you are afraid or anxious, remember Jesus is with you. If you are feeling trapped, remember the freedom Jesus has won for you. If you feel guilty, remember the forgiveness that is yours in Christ. You are enriched in every way. There's power in reflecting and gaining perspective. It keeps our doubt at bay when we focus on God's faithfulness in the present. And sometimes our faith is strengthened in the waiting. Maybe for some of you are waiting. You're waiting for medical results. You're waiting for something. You're crying out to God for answer. Like those lepers who are crying out to God. Reflecting on God's faithfulness in the waiting helps you to wait in faith. Like those people of faith in Hebrews 11. If you don't feel like you've got much in the tank right now. Remember, God's spirit is poured out to renew you and to empower you and to strengthen you. 
If you feel hurt and bitter right now, maybe someone has hurt you, you can come to the Lord's table this morning and remember God's forgiveness that's on offer. You are enriched in every way. See, this practice and reflection of remembering God's faithfulness nourishes us. In the Lord's Supper, Jesus nourishes and refreshes our souls for eternal life with his crucified body and his blood poured out. And so reflecting on God's faithfulness in the present fuels our fortitude to keep trusting in Jesus today, to know that he's given us all that we need to live the life that he calls us to live and to keep going, to keep going today, tomorrow, and the next day. So remember past, remember, uh, reflect present, and then finally, resting on God's faithfulness in the future fuels our hope. Verse 8, 7 to 9 of 1 Corinthians, we, we, we read those beautiful words. You are full of hope as you wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to come again. God will also keep you strong in faith to the end. Then you will be without blame on the day our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God is faithful. He has chosen you to share his life with his son, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. When we think about the future, we can tend to feel discouraged, afraid, and anxious. The world is messed up, isn't it? The church is struggling, isn't it? But we, when we look to God, the future is certain. The future has hope because of God. The church is sustained by God. He says, I will, he will keep you blameless. Rest on that. Faithfulness of God points not just to the past, but to the present, but also into the future. The practice of remembering God's faithfulness in the past, reflecting on God's faithfulness in the present, reorients our lives to the future, leading to hope. Because God's been faithful in the past. God's promised to be with us in the present. Surely, we can hope, look to the future with confidence, can't we? When we remember intentionally and reflect carefully, we are able to hope right. The power of remembering is not just looking to the past with a sense of nostalgia. It is about embracing a story of hope, the story of the good news, that God will keep you strong in faith until the end, even when you feel like faltering. As we consider how God has acted in real time with real people, in real circumstances, in this place, we can envision what God might do in the future with hope. The hope is bright because God is there. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you look back and think, wow, 150 years, well, you have no idea what God has kept in store for those who faithfully follow him, those who trust in him. I reckon in this place, as your bishop, that there's going to be a lot more seeds, not just the fertilizer 150 years ago. There's seeds of the gospel being sown today. There are seedlings of the gospel being sown today that will bear fruit for the gospel in this place for another 150 years. Do you believe that? This is not the end. We're not coming to the end. This is just a beginning. This is just a tester. If 150 years ago felt small and little and fragile, well, you have no idea what God might do with a committed group of people who are committed to the gospel and to one another. I love those beautiful words of the hymn, 
compound found. There's a, there's a beautiful verse that says, Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I come, and I hope by thy good pleasure, safely to arrive at home. That is a song of hope. I've come this far, I put a marker here saying, God has been faithful in the past. I know he is with me right now, but I can't wait for what God will do into the future. And so remember God's faithfulness in the past and rejoice. Reflect on God's faithfulness in the present and gain fortitude and trust. Rest on God's faithfulness in the future and embrace hope. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Would you help us to be intentional in our remembering the past? Faithful in trusting your faithfulness in the present. And hope-filled as we look to what you want to do in and through us in this place in the future. May we not rob you of your glory by the smallness of our vision. May you help us steward the gifts you've given us so that future generations will remember and tell of your faithfulness in this place. We ask this through Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. If you'd like to connect with more of our online content at Holy Trinity in Richmond, you can do that by going to our YouTube page simply by searching for Richmond Anglican Aotearoa. You can also touch base with us online at our website or on Facebook by searching with those same words. Friends, we're so thankful that you've joined us online and that you're enjoying our content. We really do hope and pray that God is blessing you through it. If you've got any feedback, you can touch base with me, zane at richmondparish.nz. Thanks so much for listening.